Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Yeah, most certainly is. Hello to you, wherever you might be. A very warm welcome right across the SEN network Thursday night or on podcast, wherever you might be. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse and head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. National 800 metre record holder, Kat Bissett's going to join us in around 15 minutes' time. We've got a lot to get into. Some athletes are standing up and I've got one of the most, I'm going to say the most biggest understatement I'll ever make on this show over the next 40 odd minutes but Johnny Steph in the house I don't know what name you want to go with today but hello to you John Jay Steezy's in the building for another week Cam we're not off air we're not off air Cam no we're not we're not off air we're not so we do something's going right and I got a feeling it's got nothing to do with you and me nothing at all I think it's just a great guess we continue to roll on <laughs> in it. and I think that's the reason we are still here how's your week doing man my week's been fantastic. Yep. A lot of great results across the world this week in the in the, in in the world of athletics, um, as well as I know I shouldn't be saying this, but you know I'm a sports lover, Cam, yes. and massive boxing fights going on around the world, which I've been loving, and just general lover of sport. And I found out today as well. I know I'm digressing, but Lewis Hamilton could be making a switch into Ferrari, which you know when we're talking about speed and we're talking about the great athlete Katrina Bissett, yes. who I classify as a Ferrari, it's uh, it's a good segue for today's show. But um, yeah, loving sport. Loving the week and uh, looking forward to today's episode. I like how fired up you are. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen to get involved, and I'm going to make a statement straight off the top. And I think it's uh, probably no, it's it's absolutely one hundred percent the understatement maybe of the decade in athletics. So I think a lot of people would agree with that, even if they've never actually said it out loud. All right, go on. So me. right now, of course, Fred Curley ran his first hundred meters of the season. Last Sweet. weekend, of course, he uh, and I, I like I like when athletes come out and set the tone and drops a nine eight eight and then a nine nine one in the final. I, I love that, right? I love that. But I want to just touch you on Rowan Browning, who ran really well in the Australian summer. We know how great he is. Tokyo a couple of years ago, he's right on the cusp of breaking ten seconds, and he's right on the cusp of making a major international final. And as great as the athletes we have in this country. When an Australian, male or female, knocks on the door of making a 100-metre final consistently at these major championships, it skyrockets the sport. It absolutely skyrockets the sport. And I have a feeling that this is the year, world championships, fastest eight athletes in the world, Budapest, it'll feature Rowan Browning and athletics in Australia will be all the better for it, Johnny Steph. Not to diminish every other event and every other great athlete we've got, but it's how people are wired right across the world that when it comes to the 100 metres and the men's and the women's, when we have a high-profile athlete doing what he consistently is doing right now, the sport is so much better for it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, Cam, and I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, look, uh, you know... My role on the show is to give a bit of perspective mm. um, from from my from my my side of the fence and how I see the sport, and uh, and I think Rowan um, he's got a very very tough task ahead of him to make the final in Budapest, but I'm going to preface it with this before we start talking. When I told you last week, when you start getting to a championships, um, it's about racing. It doesn't matter what Fred Curley runs in time nine eighty, and someone runs nine seven five, and someone runs nine five. Yes. That helps. Don't get me wrong. It puts you in a very favorable position. I think what Rowan's learned over the 
you know, over the course of his career this far is how to compete. And I think that's the most important part when you get to a championships. This is this is what I think we can get excited about is that hopefully he's learned from Commonwealth Games in 2018, Tokyo, Birmingham, now coming into, into Paris. Um, going back to you to, to your mm-hmm. statement, um, the hundred meters is the blue ribbon event of track and field. I mean, I'm a 400 meter purist. I love it. I love the 1500 meters. I love the marathon. I love, I, I love watching long jump uh, when, when he, when I'm coming to a games, I think watching the great Carl Lewis uh, win in Atlanta, I think I'm correct. He won Atlanta. Um, I mean, how it's as good as it gets. Right. So um I'm pretty sure it was a Mike Powell no, on Atlanta. No, so uh, you talk about the long jump, or you're talking about the hundred meters right now? No, no the long, long jump. jump. Yeah, so long Carl jump. Lewis won four straight. He ended he it in straight. Atlanta, right yes. in 1996. He won 92. That 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 Tokyo World Championship, Mike Powell final. Yes, that he Tokyo. broke the world record. Carl finished second. Uh, of course, uh, our very own Dave Culber <laughs> was in that final. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The, the, the great Dave Colby yeah. listening to this going, Johnny Steph, just get yeah. your facts right. So, yes. Four <laughs> but, straight, but he ended point... in Atlanta, but continue on. <laughs> but but my, my, my point being is, is that there's great events across track. Absolutely. And but you, you cannot deny that the sport definitely is stocks increases when we have an Australian in the hundred meters doing well and taking on the world. So it'd be great to see Rowan Browning uh, give it a shake come Budapest. Um, I think it's going to be very, very, very tough. You know, we saw we saw uh, both Noah Lyles and, and Christian Coleman racing the weekend out in Bermuda. Um, yes, the time was win-aided, but they ran very, very quick there. You know, you got you got uh, Bracey that has to come out and still run. You got the Jamaicans, um, which 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 still have to start their season. Um, you got the young kid from from Botswana that ran the, the ran the two hundred Tobago. I think Tobago, I think his last name from um, who's dominating. I mean, it's the the gig is tough, Cam, but this is. is why. It is the Blueben event. This yes. is why the stocks go up for Australian sprinting and for Australian track and field when an Australian does well. I, I think that you hit the nail on the head a little earlier around Rowan Browning, and I think we we'll, might have a chat about this with with Cat Bissett in a, in a couple of minutes' time about the baseline. As you consistently believe in yourself and the athletes results continue to tell the story year in, year out. The baseline obviously drops lower by that. I mean, time-wise. So Rowan Browning, when he got to the Olympic Games in 2021, he had to race to be able to put himself in a position to make the final. He had to give everything. It had to be a perfectly timed, this has to be a PB. This has to be a perfect race. That is how he came oh so close to making that final. Correct. Now... Now I feel when I watch him, and last weekend's an example of this, and the World Championships is what you touch on, it's not about having to get on and peak for that heat or peak for that semi-final because he's put himself consistently in the conversation with his times and the way he runs to believe in himself. Now, he's going to have to run out of his mind in a semi-final. I understand that, but it's a lot more confident Rowan Browning than it was in 2021, and, and the belief will be there that he can do this back up. Look, I think I think Rowan, if I was coaching him, I was I think he'd want to see himself run 990 before Budapest. Um, it gives him the confidence that now when he tries to make a semi-final, he doesn't have to run mm-hmm. a PB. I guess that's what you're trying I, to say, I, Cam. Is, is he'll, that... he'll break 10. He will break 10 before they get to the Worlds. 
Yeah, look, I think that on the in the right conditions, right track meet, you know, he goes up to show to find in Switzerland and where it's a little bit at altitude, um, 100%. I mean, that's why I don't get too focused on times. But I think mm-hmm. what he would like to know, he's got a little bit of ammunition in reserve. When you get to a championships in the sprint final, um, the time does play a small factor in it because, you know, like I said to you, right now, every time he steps to a final, a championship, he's got to run a PB, PB, PB. And by the time you get to the final, we discussed mm-hmm. last week, your adrenals are flat, you're in the final, then all of a sudden you're closing the door, catching eighth. You know, in the final, which, you know, then you got to wait to the next championship. So I think he'd like to see himself go sub 10. He likes to know that, okay, when I run the heat and I run 10, 10, okay, I've still got two tenths in the gas tank left. In the quarterfinal, I, I run 999. I got one tenth in the gas tank left. And in the semifinal, I run a PB. Now I'm in the final. Hopefully that two hours later when I run the final, I can replicate my PB and I'm finding myself in the medals because I know how to race these guys. Do, do you like how it's structured when it comes to the heats and the semifinals and the finals? Do, do you like I the three it. You like the three semifinal oh, rather than the two? Oh, 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 oh look, I, I, I love, I just love the fact when you watch 100 metres, you, you know, you go to a world championships, he's done in the first two days and it's the blue ribbon event mm. um i love the fact you watch the semi-final um you know and you, and you see these you see the semi-finals whether it's two or three whatever you prefer um and then you, two hours later these guys are uh, and girls are running the final of of of, of the blue ribbon event the 100 meters and and i think um that's always nice when you go to a championships as a spectator so um yeah but it's tough on the body cam i tell you this no you know doubt. on the nervous system on the body on the nerves on the on your on, on the mentals that goes along with it's very 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 tough and that's what makes the greats like Usain Bolt, Maurice Green, um, Carl Lewis, uh, Don Quarry, um, and the list goes on. Um, makes them so Jesse Owens so phenomenal that they were able to do this, you know, championship, championship uh, over and over again. Talking about someone who no doubt will be still a couple of months away, I know, to those world championships, but somebody who no doubt will be thinking, hang on, here we go, Mackenzie Little. Now, we've seen sure. her perform well at major championships again, and I love in-field in events, Johnny Steph, or Uncle Johnny, or Jay bone or what name yeah. you're going with today. I Tastes love, easy. I love, there you go. I love when someone just rolls in and goes bang straight off the front, off the top, lays down the gauntlet and said, that is what I'm putting down. I'm throwing down straight up. And that's what Mackenzie did last week. She rolled on in fourth straight victory and goes bang 61. I'm going to get this degree at 61.77 off the top and then says, over to you, ladies. Let me tell you something, Cam. Um, I'm a massive fan of Mackenzie Little. And I'm Aren't a massive all? fan of Kelsey Lee Barber. I, 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 both these girls are rock stars, man. If you're talking about sport, you're talking about clutch performances, you're talking about throwing outside your skin. These are two of the baddest women when it comes to field events in the world. And I don't take that by just medals. I'm talking about stepping up when it counts. You look at the, look, if you watch them compete, you look in their eye, they have so much belief in that they're about to nail and execute that throw. It's so beautiful to watch and I was I, I was heartbroken for McKenzie at world champs last mm. year she was dominating that final and then on the last throw she started she got overtaken by 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 you know and fell down bound down the placings but you know she went she bounced back at Commonwealth Games she won silver at Commonwealth Games I mean we are so blessed in Australian track and field to have these two uh, uh field javelin throw female javelin throwers in our in our country man they're the best in the world it's unbelievable to watch Cam. Then she throws a 64-10 just to solidify where she is right now. But I love when athletes come straight out and say, hey, you gotta, you got to deal with me. you got to deal with me. And I like it. And she did that. And then a 64-10. And, and this is what this European summer does 
so particularly well, Johnny. It it, it fires us up. It, it fires us up for what is yeah. coming. There's a, there's a world championship on the horizon. They've got the momentum, of course. Well, we might touch on, you know, the the compact of three years that we're seeing due to what happened in 2020. But you've got an Olympic Games and you smack bang into Worlds last year at Oregon and you've got a Com Games. There's momentum. There's more exposure. The confidence is, is building. And I know there's been some little injury setbacks and frustrations from McKenzie. But we're, we're seeing these athletes have full steam ahead or headwinds or tailwinds behind them saying, let's do this. Let's show the world what we've got. And we've seen some of these Australians do it last week. Well, we got you got people like Henry Frayne, who yeah. you know he would say himself he's in he's in the September of his career, but he's still jumping eight meters, seven ninety nine. He jumped in the weekend. I mean, you can't. You got young uh, young ladies like Celeste Mucci, you know, who's who's again breaking thirteen seconds while she's away. You got young kids like Jake Doran, you know, he's competing. Running, he ran a ten nineteen on the weekend. I mean, that's not slow. Rowan ran ten ten. We talk about Rowan all the time. Yep. Let's talk about Jake Doran. I mean, this guy he's been constantly trying to improve. Trained by the great Paul DeBella, who was who was who was who was a great hundred meter running himself for Australia you know so you know th- listen when I was sitting on the board of Athletes Australia and and I, and I was working alongside Christian Malcolm and, and, and Andrew Fakeney and we used to talk constantly in the office it was about giving these athletes the confidence to make finals giving these athletes the confidence to make semi-finals because you put yourself in that position you start your self-belief starts to increase by having bigger team numbers by getting as many athletes on teams as you possibly can and 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 allowing them to experience championships the belief changes cam i'm a massive believer man like conor mcgregor said in his latest documentary you know he almost said hey john it's 100 mental i mean when you're watching the documentary you know he says people say it's 90 mental 10 physical when you get championships and you sort of get your head around and go well that doesn't make sense because you're physically doing it right but there's so much that goes between the ears cam at championships so 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 much so these athletes are going overseas now the belief structure starts to change and hopefully we see that come championships convert to medals and the great thing about this is and we're playing a very small part in this but the the exposure and the exaggeration into the society, I guess, of sports lovers here in Australia of how well these athletes are doing. And all that means is they're going to do really well here in the European summer. Diamond League, there's another one only a couple of days away, Mm. into world championships where you have the confidence, you have a quick little break. But because that continual conversation is seen in Australia or heard, whatever it might be, we go into an Australian summer with an Olympics right there. It's just going to continue to build. We continue to see bigger crowds at athletics meets in this country yeah. over the last summer. It's all going to snowball. The athletes are going to mm. want to come home, see athletes, stand mm. up in front of their family, uh, and then get to Paris. And I, yeah. I think it's the perfect storm right but, now. But, but Cam, Cam, we're not, we're not doing a pump up. We don't need to. Let's get, let's get one thing straight in the show. I don't need to get on the show and start doing a pump up and make the sport seem better than what it is. I'm only delivering you the facts. But, and what I'm telling you, when we when we discuss these athletes, we're talking these are legitimate world contending athletes. Absolutely. Which, let's put this in perspective. Every time you talk about rugby league in this country, you talk about, oh, Jason Saab's fast, Ado Carr's fast. You're talking as you're comparing it to track and field because you obviously know it's an important skill mm-hmm. you need, which is to run, right? So, you know, at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know, like we are reporting and we're, dis- we're shedding light on what actually been happening for year on year and, end. and I think it's great that we have this opportunity to do so and that's merely what we're doing Cam. Jay Shizzle's up and about how much did you enjoy competing in Japan just before we get to the break I love Japan yeah. you know, I, 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 I competed there a number of times like I think 07 I should have made the final I really felt I could have won a medal 
in a seven um, at World Champs. But um, I know what's great about Japan for Australian athletes. The time difference doesn't change. It's an easy transition. So you sort of go Japan, Japan, Europe. It's a bit of an easier transition into European summer. Um, and 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 the Japanese are great when they put on an event. Um, it's just class. So And, and the tracks are quick. They have used a different surface over there for the track. And um, a lot of athletes love it. And they pay well, Cam. You know, ain't, ain't a black thing, not a white thing. It's a green thing, Cam. <laughs> Cat Bissett's going to join us on the other side of this. Make sure you head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. Jay Sizzle, Jay Bone, Uncle Steph, Uncle Johnny, whatever he is calling himself. He is, of course, John Stephenson, the legend that is Athletics Australia. We've got plenty more next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. It most certainly is all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings Every day. And a big part of this particular show, Johnny Steph, is getting the biggest and best and strongest and most talented Australian athletes on this show. And the baddest. All right. And the baddest as well. I'm not quite certain if Katrina Bissett actually fits within the baddest. You should see her run, Cam. I've seen her run. run. (laughs) I've seen her run. And she runs very fast. 800 (laughs) metres, of course. Cat, hello. Welcome to House of Hats. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, normally, the first question is, whereabouts in the world do we find you, of course, as we get into this European summer and embark what's going to be a big three or four months? Whereabouts are you right now? I'm currently in Malaga in Spain, so the southern um, southern beach of Spain and um, southern coast. And so I'm here because I'm just getting over my jet lag before I head down to Morocco um for my first race in Rabat just on jet lag how do you go with it is it something that just pops up every now and then do you have a bit of an idea when you go to certain parts of the world or traveling from certain areas that you're gonna have to deal with it because you do travel a lot how does jet lag affect you and and also minimize the way you train about it for the day or two you you get into a new place I think I've certainly gotten better at dealing with it over time. I'm sure John can relate to this. Like, I'm pretty sure I made some terrible mistakes the first couple of trips over to Europe. Um, yeah, it's a combination of uh, just, I, I realized I got to take it easy. I think I went too hard the first few times and didn't eat enough, didn't didn't sleep properly enough. And um, so now it's, I think a lot of it is just prioritizing recovery um, coming over to Europe. Yeah, I think you know the one main thing, and great to actually great to see you again, Katrina. We were talking off off air about the last time we caught up, but a lot to chat through at the show today with you. But I think the main reason we are doing the show, Katrina, and 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 proudly supported by Chemist Warehouse, is mainly to educate the general sporting public on what it takes to be an elite athlete. I think people just see you run on the track and think it's as easy as a gun goes off. You do two laps, you run as quick as you can, and that's it. So it's great to understand sort of the mechanics and intricacies, especially when it comes to people go, well, you just fly to Europe and you get on the track and you run the same way you run in Sydney. But a lot of people don't understand the work that goes on behind it. Now, the big question I have for you, which I've been wanting to ask you for a long time, which I'm super impressed with both you and Lyndon, your training partner, is you've just recently changed coaches with Ned Brophy, which I think is just super cool do that's my boy that near bro um <laughs> i love my mans and you guys are now got, yeah. you've got the quokka track club which is awesome um and you've made the transition so for what i see so smoothly um walk us through how you were able to do that 
and 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 now your Australian record. I mean, one fifty-eight. We'll talk about your time, which I think is a, is a whole another segment in itself. But walk us through the training and the coaching transition, both knowing yourself, but also Linda made. Yeah. Well, so I've been with Ned now for a bit over eighteen months, um, and yeah, I so I transitioned uh, just after Tokyo Olympics. Um, and I, it's been interesting reflecting on the change and where I was at and, and why I needed a change. I, I feel like COVID has affected athletes in all kinds of different ways. And I had my breakout season in 2019, um, but then had to put everything on pause in 2020. So it really felt like um, I'd had this big, big jump. And then I kind of had to, and I had to make this huge change, particularly in sort of my identity, because I was very much not thinking of myself as an athlete. I was thinking of myself as an architecture student. Um, and then going back into 2020, going back into lockdown, I had to sort of go backwards and go back into my architecture student um, identity. And then coming out in 2021, I, um, I just felt like, no, I need to make a really conscious decision here to switch to a much more professional setup because what I want to do now is be a professional athlete for, you know, the next five, 10 years kind of thing. Um, so that's why I made the decision to join Lyndon and Ned, which was in my eyes and has been a very much professional and structured setup. Um, in terms of training and things, it's, yeah, it's, it took me a while to get used to the, the new training. And I think it's took, it taken a while for Ned to get to know me as well. What was so the main thing, like Katrina? What was the main thing you yeah. had to adjust? Um, I think I think it was that's a really that's a really good question. The main thing I had to adjust, I think the everything was different. So the the way that we set out training, like we we track everything on training peaks, so it's, everything's online. So yeah, so one of the biggest differences is that Ned is in, based in Sydney and Lyndon and I are based in Melbourne. So we are coached 100% remotely, wow. except for when we had camps where we, you know, um, yeah. visit each other in our cities or when we're overseas and then Ned comes over and joins us before the world champs and that sort of thing. Um, so everything's online. Um, and so I think it was a very particular time of my life where I was like, um, I have Lyndon here and we're much more organized so we can follow a plan very well remotely. Um, and of course, I have all my other support team, which I haven't talked about, who are just as important as Ned. <laughs> so like uh, like my strength coach, Corey, Corey Innes, and, um, and so they are sort of eyes on the ground and, and we have a very strong uh, like support team and we have a really great communication. So Ned sends out like a... Um, weekly email where we just wrap up training from the week before and talk about the week to come and yeah it's just run as a real like professional team <laughs> so everyone's on the same page and it sounds funny to sort of talk about uh, you would expect you know a, a you know professional sporting team to operate like this but mm. I think you probably know in athletics it's it's bit of a mixed bag yeah, <laughs> like definitely. because it it is all these little individual groups and everyone has their own particular way of operating um so yeah so it, it was definitely getting used to that coaching style instead of having my coach there every every training session um and yeah and, and it was a lot more prescribed so it was a lot more care in uh in the details and in the analysis of training that sort of thing because Ned's background is as a physiologist um, so he has a real strong sense of the science and um, 
and all that kind of thing. But I think reflecting like the biggest thing that positively that I've really come away from is our ability to like interpret a training session or a race, pick out the good bits and be like, yeah, I like we nailed this rep, we nailed this, this didn't work. For example, like we look at a race last year where I had a couple of races where I just couldn't get into a good position in the first 200 meters. And we were like, okay, we really need to work on that. And we had maybe a week between the next session. And so it would be like, all right, this next session, we're just working on my start and getting into position. So we would do repeat 200s, just getting me able to cut in well into the back straight. And then and then the next race, I run my season's best, you know, for the next yeah. one because I've been able to just, um, yeah, reflect on the previous previous race and directly apply it to the next one. So I think that's sort of like, more analytical approach has been the biggest shift and I think yeah and and I think it's it's continuously adapting is what is what um is so good about it in in that same way so I feel like the training I'm doing now is is quite different to the training I was doing this time last year as well not not hugely different but different in some key ways (laughs) structure yeah (laughs) because we've we've learned more about each other and we've been able right. to really quickly integrate that into training. And yeah. Does that give you more confidence that you can consistently every single race be at your best? Oh, absolutely. It just removes a lot of the guesswork. It removes a lot of this like blind faith kind of thing that you, you, you hear about a lot in sport where you're just like, you just have to believe and stuff like, well, you can <laughs> the best way to be able to believe if you've got <laughs> if you've got a lot the training and the evidence and, and the support to back it up you know it's not just like oh let's roll the dice again it's like no like obviously the race you, there's going to be things you can't predict but it's about preparation yeah, yeah. Well, I hope I hope a lot of young kids are listening because I think that's the best advice, Cam. You know, um, <laughs> you know, people talk about belief and positive affirmations, and you gotta you gotta go out there and say you're gonna win. But Cat is 100 correct. Mm. The work you do at training, the, the, and it's not it's the work that not that your coach sees, not that your mum sees, and not that what you see. It's 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 the stuff you don't even think you're doing. That that yeah. makes you such a confident individual athlete when you step on that line because that's when the devil becomes really active. When you on that line, Cam, and the starter says on your marks, every negative thing comes through your head of I should have done more abs, I should have done this, maybe I could get and, and it creeps into your race, Cam, and then you find yourself halfway through the race in a bad position, like like Kat said, and then, and then all of a sudden you know your opportunity is lost. And in athletics. It's about creating these opportunities, Cam, because they don't come often. Mm-hmm. And I think Katrina's done an absolutely wonderful job in that. Katrina, let's talk about the Australian record. 158.09 is, is, for those that don't know track, Cam, you keep talking about let's try and break 55 seconds for a 400. Let's try and break two minutes for an 800, and you'll see how quick it is. Hang I on, before you go any minutes. further, that, that's that's Johnny Steph breaking 55 now, Cat. That wasn't something I just made up for an elite athlete. We're trying to have a bet now. I still think he can break 55 now. So just so Cat no, knows so what too. you're talking yeah. about. Hey, both of you are trying to set me up for my downfall. Know your limits, Cat. Know your limits. Oh, no, 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 man. No, but breaking two minutes is, is, is like the four-minute mile barrier, you know, and I, I'd like to think when it comes to women's eight hundred. Um, was that a big goal for you, Kat? And, and you know, you're consistently there now, and that puts you really in every final, every major championships. This has you fighting for medals. Um, This must be great for your confidence coming up, leading into Budapest and also coming to Paris in next year. 
Yeah, well, I think the interesting thing is, I like you say, like I am consistently running sub two these days. Like I think in the past I would, you know, you'd have a couple of sub two races mm. a season. You might build up to one and, you know, you'd be really pleased. But I think, yeah, so, so far this year, my last four races have been sub two. My last one being my second fastest ever. Mm-hmm. And it's just those averages, like, my averages are getting lower and lower and that's just the really exciting place. Like, because then your worst day becomes yeah. you know, a day that you would really love a couple of years ago. <laughs> Everyone else's and, good day and, is your worst day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so when those averages get lower or yeah, I don't know, lower high, when those times get lower, like, yeah, you can be more excited about when everything goes perfectly and you're like, yeah. Yeah, it can be really magical, but um yeah, just being, but then being, but but then knowing if you're having a, a really bad day, you can you can still make it through the heat or get through the race or the training session and and get to the next day. Yeah. So so, Cap Budapest is coming up for you. Obviously, I, I'd like to think that's your major goal is to make the final and win a medal at, at World Championships. I know that's probably a goal you and Ned set out for yourselves. Um, obviously, I know a little bit about track, and I know sort of you're going to want to hit a good race somewhere between there and then to show your fangs a little bit and let the rest of your competitors know you're there to mean business. What race is that going to be? When can we expect you to to lay down a bit of a uh, a heater on the track um, to sort of maybe stretch out those legs to see what uh, all that hard training this year has, uh, has gotten you? Well, I I think there are I think there are different measures of success. Like like you're, you're asking about times here, and I feel like every race I'm going in, and it's like maybe this race I'm going in for a good time, maybe this race I'm going in for you know a, a placing or a win. So I think in terms of times, like my PB, well, well the old the record. I keep on saying old record because I'm like I feel like I'm. Like, I'm, maybe I'm uh, <laughs> jumping, jumping the gun a little bit, but I'm definitely in a better place than I have been before. So I'm very confident about running a PB. But um, um, so my, uh, well, I ran my PB in, in Poland in Chorzow, um in 2021, and that, that's coming up on the 4th of June. So I think that one would be You want really to go cool back there and drop another meter. Oh, okay. It was a... <laughs> really great condition there's a beautiful brand new stadium the polish love athletics so it was a great atmosphere and they really looked after us um so that's definitely one i'm like that would be really really cool to to run a pb in the same track and the same meet that i did in 2021 but yeah every diamond league obviously is a amazing um opportunity like the rabat one coming up in three days you know i think for that one my biggest goal is to really get on the podium kind of thing like I think it's like you know I'd love to win a diamond league that's a huge goal lifetime goal and um so for for diamond leagues I think the goal is much more about racing and racing really smart and and being patient and not running with tension or getting overwhelmed by the by the opportunity so that's definitely my my goal for those diamond leagues and and then the time comes with that you know if i can nail those those um mindset and process goals then the time will come but yeah i think i think tours hours maybe the one i'm (laughs) just a special one for me yeah have you found this particular time it's such a interesting time of course with COVID pushing things back, the Olympics being later, and then last year with two majors, of course, a world championship and a com game so close to each other, then another world championship this year, and then 
the Olympics next year. There's not a great deal of downtime anyway when it comes to some of these major championships, but there's even less in this time span because of, of COVID. How have you personally found it, not just as an athlete, but yourself when you try to sometimes get away from the sport, but knowing there's always, there's always something looming when it comes to a major championship? I personally love it. I love having majors as many as possible. Mm. I would love to have, you know, two or three a year. I think it makes the sport more fun. I love the team environment, being on the Australian team with everyone and the pre-camp and everything. So I I, I love that part. Um, I think, yeah, it is It is really interesting, like you say, to, to want to mentally check out, but knowing that, you know, in a month or two, you've got to be um, racing at your best again. Um, so I'm studying architecture. Um, like I said before, I've stretched it out over many years now as my running has um, sort of <laughs> overtaken my my priority list. Um, so I've, I found that a really great way for me to, to switch off um, my running brain and, and focus on these other parts of my my life and my, my personality. Um, and that's been really grounding and helpful. So I think that's the best way. Um, and I think that's, if I could give advice to other athletes or, you know, young, young athletes listening to this is making sure you're nurturing all parts of yourself, um, and, and giving them space and not just putting all your attention into, into athletics. And because if you're having a bad day, then you've got nothing, <laughs> nothing else to, to, um, to lean on. Yeah. When you get to travel all around the world to these beautiful cities, I'm sure there are many athletes, Johnny Steph probably being one of them, who does not understand the beauty in many buildings around the world. I'm assuming you are very much different mm. and there's something in every city, more than one, I assume, that appeals to you from a, an architectural point of view. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a very um, great question and very great, very astute. I, it's, it's been amazing being an architecture student and being able to do these like four month trips to Europe, to America every year and just having this exposure to different cities, different urban planning. And it's something that I wouldn't have gotten if I was just 100% in the architecture world. So you wouldn't think that being an athlete would help you as an architect, but it has been exactly like that. These, these interesting ways where it's been extremely beneficial. Did yeah. you notice the beautiful buildings, Johnny, when you went around the world? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the hotel I was staying in, mate. Besides, <laughs> I'm the worst, Wood. you know. Like, honestly, I look back, I look back and I'll sit with my family and I'll be like, oh, dad's been there. It'll be some random uh, Sumbatay hungry and about how was it? I was I couldn't tell you. I can tell you all about the buffet in the morning for breakfast and that's it. So I was hopeless. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much the opposite. I'll be walking around the city. Everyone will get really annoyed at me because I'll be like, wow, look at those windows. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, like we're trying to get a coffee. We're all so tired. <laughs> and I'm like, look at these tiles. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. And Lyndon's like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> Just on Lyndon, Johnny, you mentioned, of course, the, the quokka earlier in the, uh, in the interview and alluded to it. You call yourself oh, yeah, here the we go. quokkas oh, and, and you can show us a, a little quokka there. How, how'd the name come about? Cam, Cam, where, where, where are quokkas from, Cam? Western Australia, right next to Ireland. In Western Australia. Of course, and, and can they be found selfie? anywhere else, Cam? Uh, I, I, that I'm unsure of. Okay. Can, uh, can they be found anywhere else? <laughs> 
No. No, I Cam? didn't think so. But, uh, you know, well, I'm sure there's a zoo that might have them. Uh, is there a reason why the Quokkas was the name or the name that uh, you and Lyndon adopted? Well, Ned is from WA. Mm -hmm. He's a Perth boy. Um, so Go on. The shout out all the West it. Australians listening. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I think we've got a lot of Perth fans now, just uh, just from the Quaggers. <laughs> yeah, um, but me, me and Lyndon, I'm from Canberra, Lyndon's Melbourne. Um, but uh, yeah, when I joined the group, there was a lot of like joking around with the with the with this with the team, and we we're like, what should we call ourselves? And um, and Avish, the physiologist in Melbourne, he was like, we should, we should call them the Quaggers because. Because Ned's from WA, and it just became a bit of a, a joke. But you know when you, the joke just gets said so many times that it becomes real, mm -hmm. yeah. and now <laughs> and, and now we're here. Yeah. And I love it though. It's like you know, it's like the wallabies. It's like you know, it's just a real tradition with Australian um, sport to call ourselves after some cute, fluffy marsupial. So very much pleased with and it. Cam, and we get it's, a, it's toys, a real thing, so. Cam. They got look. They got mascots. Yep. They got these tags. They put mm -hmm. on their running shoes. Mm -hmm. Apparently, their yeah. shirts. Apparently, they got. They actually got. They got live mascots now coming but as it, well. It's all completely DIY as well. Yeah. There's no, they're all limited edition because because Ned will make about three T-shirts and then never again. So it's. Oh, so they're limited edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're all Cam. very exclusive. Yeah, was... <laughs> Surely we're in the running for a couple of shirts, Kev. Oh, Surely. Wow. Well, you want to buy yeah, now before Kev gets to the, the Worlds and wins a medal and then goes to Paris next year and does the same thing. And the, the price goes up. The price goes up well, in these type of situations. Uh, before we let Kat go, Johnny, Steph, you got any last questions? You're psyched. You're pumped. You ask it about no. gossip. Then you ask it if you were uh, in a bar last year. You got some strange questions, man. So far away. You got one? No, I, look, I think what is going to be awesome, I'm really excited watching Kat this year. I think how she competed in Australia this season, um, she almost got close to breaking the Australian record in Australia. Um, and what was what was really, what I found really profound about the, talking to Kat is how much she's learned about Europe. And I think for our, for our listeners, there's one thing to race in Australia and then there's another thing to race in Europe. And I think we try and downplay that and think that, it, that you just go over there and you race. But you have to learn this, Cam. And, and I think the Northern Hemisphere do it a bit better because they're a bit closer to Europe and they sort of they sort of do that more often than what we do in the Southern Hemisphere. But the world's becoming smaller now. And I think um, for the viewers, for the listeners, for the sports fan, um, if I had to put my money anywhere going to World Championships, it would be towards Karina, uh, Katrina's way. And, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, what she's learned over the last couple of years. And uh, I think it's watched this space and I'm definitely in Katrina's corner. Love it. Oh, hey, thanks, John. <laughs> hey, Kat, for all the great things you I'm do. I'm confident. Training, yeah. I'll tell you what you should do is you should go back and you can look at something not to do. So just YouTube Johnny <laughs> Steph 800 metres. He's only ever ran one in his life. <laughs> And he tried to lay the groundwork down the first 400 and he reckons he nearly passed out with 350 to go. So if you ever need a bit of cheering up while you're on the road, check it out. YouTube, Johnny <laughs> Steph, 800 metres. <laughs> that sounds great. I'll definitely do that. <laughs> one Don't watch it, Kat. It'll be the worst, it'll be the worst one minute 50 of your life. Don't do it. Don't yeah, do it. I, don't know. I don't know if you broke 150, to be fair. Uh, I don't read 150.08. <laughs> don't downplay it, Kat. I did it right. Uh, Kat, thank you. We always uh, love checking in with uh, you superstar Thanks, athletes Kat. right across the uh, the world. And good good luck for the next three or four months. And no doubt we'll catch up again soon. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure. Best in the business. We'll get to a break for a chemist warehouse. Plenty more next. 
Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Now we do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day right across the SCN network. You can get involved. 043398 1116. Kat Bissett, of course, talks about Morocco. She's going to run just after 5am Monday morning Australian time. She goes around the 800. The other major quokka team member, Lyndon Hall, goes around in the 1500. And our man, Ollie Hall, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, goes the around big fella. as well. So three of the highest class Australian athletes Monday morning in Morocco as the Diamond League continues to get involved in what is a very busy... Summer right around the world. Morocco, I asked you about Japan earlier. Morocco, good place to run? Yeah, great place. I mean, you know, it's nothing better than when you go to a, a, a town, country, city, and uh, the people are track savvy, mm-hmm. uh, Cam. It just makes it so much better. It's like playing AFL football in Melbourne. You know, you can't beat a game at the G. Um, and, and there's just cities around the world that that are quite synonymous for track and field and that really enjoy track and field. And Rabat is definitely one of them. Their distance running culture has been huge over the years. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's going to be a great meet for them. I think that's why a lot of the distance runners like going out there and competing. Hey, I did ask you a little bit earlier. We, we touched on, of course, when it comes to the, the, the program, when it comes to how the, the 100 meters is run and, and structured at major championships, we did see false starts and a number of them last week in the hundred meters in Japan, which involved Rowan Browning and, and Fred Curley at a major championship. Mm-hmm. It's a false start. And then any other false start, you're automatically disqualified. There's always that conversation around it. We did see it flare up a couple of times in Tokyo. Now, it has been tweaked. It used to be two, and if you had two, you were gone, but you had to get to the third one before you're automatically disqualified if it was your first false start. Do you like the way it currently is when it comes to false starts, or do you think there needs to be some leniency around it? Yeah, I think by the time of final, I think through one-day track meets, definitely I think for the broadcast and for the pace of the meet, it's very important they get it going and and they're not, you know, viewers ain't sitting there watching 20 false starts like mm. it used to be back in the old day. But I think when a championships comes, um, like a World Champs Olympic Games and it's a final, I think that's when um, we should go back to the old old system because it's such an integral part of the 100 metres is the start. Um, being able to anticipate the gun is a skill. Um, being able to get a fly is a skill. Um, so taking away that skill is kind of sanitizing, I believe, what the 100 meters really is about. And that's what we train. We train for to be able to react to the gun. Um, and, and some people train to anticipate the gun. Um, both have its have, has its pros and cons. And, and again, it's a skill. So I think when a championship comes, Cam, um, and it's the final, I think that's when that rules should apply where everyone gets two false starts. Like back in the old days, I think leading up to a championships in the one day meet, it should be the current rule. Would it be unfair though? So you're talking about just in the final when it comes to the, the two false start system, or are you yeah. talking about, so that the heats and the semis are the ones we currently have it in the final is reverts to the, the, the older Correct. system. Okay. And I say that, I say that because if you're good enough, you don't need to get a flyer in the heat yeah. semis and, 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 mm-hmm. and, and semifinals. I mean, heats, quarters and semis. Um, so by the, by the time you get to the final, that fly is the difference between you winning and you losing, right? I mean, you're, you're scraping at anything you can get in the final because you've got eight of the best people in the world. And let me tell you something about running. You don't need a pool. You don't need a tennis court. You don't need rackets. You can basically train and make Olympics on one stretch of grass. So that shows the purity of our sport and especially that's what makes the 100 meters a blue ribbon event it literally is from point a to point b the fastest person in the world there's not much that comes in between yes you can talk running surfaces new track spikes but at the end of the day it's it's, it's quite basic and quite simple um you know the 100 meters and just running in general did you have any 
False starts in any of your major finals? Never, mate. Well, I'll run a 400. And, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, people think, oh, you run a 400, the start's not that important. We worked on starts a hell of a lot because I believe that if I can pick up a tenth in a start, it's it's one tenth closer to that I don't have to worry about in the next four sectors of 100 metres. So, um, you know, again, man, you, know, you, you talk about Johnny Wilkinson kicking the ball at a World Cup final for in rugby union. Um, you ask him the intricacies. You talk about, to Phil Mickerson about playing the Masters and and and. It, and hitting a ball in the morning compared to hitting a ball in the afternoon and what the, what it does, the ball launch does out of the grass and the spin rating of the ball and the dew on the ball from the morning. They will tell you all these intricacies. When you start to talk, and that's what we're finding out in the show, when you start to talk to all these top athletes, there's so much intricacy that goes on into that final in winning. It's not just about running from point A to point B. Did you, did you have, what, what was your plan? What Did you have a consistent plan? Like go oh, out hard, try and relax? Oh, what was it? Uh, look, if, for myself, I knew I wasn't a very, I wasn't um, a brute strength runner, so I, I like to run my sectors pretty, pretty evenly. And um, you know, we sort of all knew that the top curve is where the ra- the race is won and lost, and you sort of make your make your move through the top, the third one hundred. So that's the the two hundred meter start to the hundred meter start for those that um want some track reference. And um, but essentially, I, I in the semis, I'd do twelve steps out of the blocks, and then I'd sort of sit up and and then sort of want to run the first 100 in around 10.9, and then the back stretch, I want to run up the, the, about 10.5, 10.6, which then gave me through to first 221.5, and then I like to step on the gas and run 10.7 around the curve, and then whatever I got left, I mechanically try to be sound, and we called it keeping the wheel because your, your, your biomechanics wants to start to get a bit like a 50-cent piece when you start the last 100 metres. So what we'd try and do is all your biomechanics from your hip down is try and make it as smooth as possible so then your deceleration over the last 100 metres is less than anybody else's. So all that speed you use to get to 300, you want to try and maintain it as long as possible because the optics of it, when you're watching 100, 200, 400, is that this guy or girl is getting faster towards the last 50. But the reality is, is they're holding speed and you're just, the, the people behind them is decelerating. So it's all about the deceleration part. And there's a good clip on, on Instagram for those that are scrolling through their feed. Or if you want to go on YouTube on the weekend of um, Noah Lyles and Christian Coleman racing um, in the 100 meters and Bermuda. And, and it looks like... Uh, Noel Lowell's has found an extra gear the last 20 metres, but really he's just maintaining speed and core. Christian with his short little limbs, he's uh, decelerating and uh, it looks epic to watch. But uh, the reality is, is everyone's going, oh, look at the gear Noel Lowell's out of the end. But it's just it's just really Christian decelerating. So, uh, yeah, that's the optics of it. But, yeah, we just used to plan on, on, on trying to have very, very calculated depending on each race. Sort of, we we look at who we're racing, what lane I'm in, um, what the weather's doing. Is it is a headwind down the back stretch? Is is it rainy? Is it wet? Is the surface slippery? Is the track curves too tight? Are the curves wider? Is the straight shorter? And then you sort of make adjustments through there. Head into Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. John Stephenson, Cam Luke, a plenty more on the House of Aths next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Aths. With Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Not too far away. We're going to get out of here. I might go and do some sprint training once we're done. It's all thanks to Chemist oi, Warehouse. Oi, 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 time out, Get into Chief. Chemist time Warehouse out. for great time savings out. every day. Time out. We, 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 Look how what? he slides that in there. For, for well, those, please, listen, <laughs> go, what, what's your handle, mate, on Instagram? What is your handle? Hang on. There's this, a reason why I slid it in. No, 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 no. What is your handle Cam J. Luke. Cam J. Luke, right? So I want Luke. everybody to go and start following my man because <laughs> no. he's out there. He's out there. There's a reason. Absolutely. There's a, 
giving it on the treadmill. Yep. He was there the other day doing sprints. He had a crowd, by the way. He yeah. had a crowd <laughs> of people, beautiful people around out, him, and he was out there striding out. Hey, altitude chamber. Altitude chamber. Now, there's, there's a reason that I've mentioned it, right? Because I am thinking about nominating my coach for the Chemist Warehouse Athletics Community Hero Award because yes. uh, he, he's getting me on the treadmill and it, obviously not to uh, win any Olympic medals, but just to uh, keep in shape. And I do have a great deal of fun doing it. So uh, in a more serious note, there are more people who are well and truly more deserving than my coach. So what you need to do is get involved right now. The, uh, they can be submitted via the Athletics Australia website starting from now until Monday, June 12th, 11.59 p.m. So jump on the Athletics Australia website. The link is Fantastic. there. It is the Chemist Warehouse Athletics Community Hero Awards and the nominations are open from now. The shortlisted nominees will be announced on Monday, June 19. is a $500 gift card, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse up for grabs in the individual crown, the 2023 Chemist Warehouse Community Hero will be able to accept a $1,000 voucher. And there are so That's many, brilliant. so That's many brilliant. community heroes in athletics. You know, it might be a coach of a little athletics team and a crew or might be someone who's working the gate, working the sausage sigil. There are, might be a starter at your little athletics as well. So make sure you get involved because there are so many volunteers who are the lifeblood of this sport, Johnny Steph, and you would have come across thousands of them in your time as running. Oh, 100%, Cam. You know, the, the, I think one of the lucky, um, I, I guess, rites of passage I, I was able to have, I call it, is working on the board at Fetch Australia. It really gives you a really good outlook on what the sport needs, what the sport does, what the sport takes, and um, and it changes. Their viewpoint changes, and I tell everyone, when you're an athlete, you look at administration and go, what are they doing? When you're an admin, you look at the board and go, what are the board doing? When you're in the board, look at admin and go, what are they doing? And the admin, look at the So, But it's great to have perspective from each. And, you know, doing Nitro Athletics, um, I got to work really closely with a number of volunteers, and that competition would not have been a success without the passion and the love that the volunteers I got to work with at Nitro, um, which made the event um, absolutely sensational and, and our sport is really based upon volunteers so um, more even more the reason that we do the show cam and be able to give everybody a voice in our sport and um, and make them feel appreciated because um, like you all see in motor racing mate if you don't have volunteers it just doesn't happen so um, we are truly lucky and hopefully someone gets to win that lucky $1,000 voucher cam I'll go one step Maybe your further coach. I'll go one step further whoever does win the chemist warehouse community hero will come on this show and have a one-on-one -on -one chat with our man Johnny Steph there you go. Oh, we'll add to it as well. Man. There you uh, go. Is that pun is that punishment for <laughs> well, him? Or is well, that, that, that person <laughs> can decide, but they've got the opportunity. They may well decline. Uh, jump on Athletics <laughs> Australia and get involved. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Johnny, until next week, man, keep running. Thank you, brother. Perfect. Good stuff, boys. Too easy, big dog. Legend.